You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I'm extremely passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff, find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a whole new career. With more than 40 million people currently out of work as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working, or now, of course, working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve success and growth in your careers. On today's show, we're going to do a deep dive into video interviews because even as things are opening back up, it looks like video interviews are here to stay. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, please send us an email at careerconvoswvox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswvox. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Ronstad Rysmart the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years experience in career services and recruiting, and I like to tell people that really for the last 15 years, my job has been to get people paid in one way or the other. I'm joined here today by someone who has already been here before and then another really great guest who's brand new, and so I'm, I'm so excited to welcome both of them. Kimberly Schneiderman is Ronstad Smart's Practice Development Manager. In this role, she creates and manages Smart programs, training, and support materials. And she's led initiatives in the area of recruiter studies, job seeker studies, job market trend research, job seeker strategies and programs, flexible workforce initiatives and boot camps, and professional development and training for coaches. Laura Rogers is a career coach at Ronstad Rise Smart. She was an executive search recruiter for a private search firm and moved from large corporate recruiting to recruiting globally in engineering and science. And she works primarily with mid to senior level professionals. She told me she is naturally curious about hearing people's stories. And so I'm so excited to kind of dig into this discussion. So thank you both for joining me for a career conversation today. Can you say welcome to our listeners? Thank you for having me, Erin. I'm happy to be back. And thanks for inviting me. Couldn't be happier to have you both. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about with you both today is video interviews, uh, everybody's least favorite YouTube content. So what I wanted to kind of bring up is a lot of people think, oh, I get the notice, I'm going to be in an interview, it's going to be a video. But what has been coming up more and more are the differences in video interviews. There are some that are pre-recorded where you're just talking and there's nobody there. There are some that are pre-recorded and they're timed and you kind of have to race to make sure you can get your content in. There's Zoom, there's Skype. Uh, Google has committed to doing all their interviews on Google Hangout. And so just being able to keep up with all of the different things, not to mention that there are a number of candidates out there who are doing a panel interview with many different people, all done by video. And so, Laura, I wanted to throw this out to you first. Um, Is it important to know the differences in interviews? You know, is it important for people to deal with the technology up front? I think it's important for them to go ahead and ask the question on what they can expect when they're being scheduled for that meeting so that they can anticipate and be prepared for it um, because they do come in many shapes and forms. And certainly if you're going to sit in front of a panel 
um, you know, there's an amount of preparation because generally those different entities are going to ask different questions. Fantastic. Now, Kimberly, have you seen any trends on kind of when the different types of interviews are used or, or if people should expect different things at different points in time? We are seeing video interviews being used at all levels for all types of positions, everything from an hourly retail employee all the way up to very senior level executives. Now, the formats can be different. Perhaps some people are asked to do that recorded video interview that may also have timing restrictions on answers. And the idea in terms of preparation is to practice limiting yourself and doing the research and creating really concise answers to questions ahead of time so that you get that muscle memory going and you can perform really well during the interview itself. Absolutely. One of the things that you brought up that, that reminds me is that I've had people at the retail level who are doing video interviews and it's usually those pre-recorded and timed ones. And they'll say that if you interview at two different places, even if it's the same technology, they have their own customized questions. So even if you're kind of familiar with the technology and what everyone is doing, it would come across differently. And Laura, you're, I don't know if you're in agreement with that, if you've seen kind of the same thing. Yes, I do agree. Um, they should be expecting to be asked pretty much anything. Um, I do try and prepare my clients to make sure that um, most often I kind of equate it to dating. The first date is uh, let them, I, I say let them talk. Uh, let them explain and share with you uh, what the role is going to be, what can be expected of them in the role. Um, and then go ahead and answer questions. Once they get into the technicals, it's usually the second or third, perhaps, uh, interview. So if they're just prepared to talk about perhaps their own skills and also the why do you want to work for us, that's usually one of the best questions is why are you interested in this role? Um, prepare a little answer. Maybe you have something in common or you have a skill set or experience that links you to that. Even if it's a new direction, if they've got experience in a particular way that way they want to transfer their skills, um, speak to that. Speak to what their joy is and what attracts them to that particular role. That's so important because one of the things that I always tell people to kind of keep in mind is that when the companies that are selling these video interview services, they're going to HR, they're going to recruiters, and they're saying, this is going to save you so much time. Um, I often sometimes think that a lot of the innovation in job searching is all on the HR side and not so much on the job seeker side. Um, but they're constantly saying, hey, look, you ask these same questions. Tell me about yourself. So what if you just have them do it on video? And so it's not in an effort to like, you know, get the job seeker and we're going to play a trick on them. But like you said, they're saying, oh, hey, you know, if it would save me time where I can just watch a video and not have to go through the back and forth, let's do it. And so it's about the technology, but it also when when companies and recruiters choose to do this, it's always in that interest of, of doing that. And that's why you're dating advice, which, uh, which I haven't heard that, but I kind of love it, of letting them talk and hearing what people have to say is just so timely and so fantastic. Yeah, I actually want to say that there are some other advantages for job seekers uh, for the video interviews, especially the recorded video interviews. They can be done at any time of day. They can be done at midnight when the rest of your house is quiet, when you're guaranteed that the UPS delivery person is not going to come to the door and make your dog bark. And so the recorded video interviews have a really great advantage. Plus, you're in your home turf, 
So you can have everything in front of you. You're comfortable. You know your surroundings. You know what to expect. I am actually a big fan of the video interviews, and I do think that they uh, serve an advantage to the job seeker as well as the employer. That's such a good point because uh, this is probably the only time that you ever get to, if you think of interviews as some sort of test, really get a cheat sheet here because it can be next to your screen and they won't ever see it on the camera. And that brings me to something that we're going to really dig into in our next section. We're going to have kind of like a speed round. We're going to talk about all the things where you can optimize your video call so that you can really be performing your best in an interview. Um, so if you guys stick with us right after this break, we'll be back with Career Conversations to talk more about video interviewing. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt RiseSmart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt RiseSmart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and I'm joined today by Kimberly Schneiderman, who's RiseSmart's practice development manager, and career coach Laura Rogers. We had a really great talk on kind of the different technology for video interviews. And now we're going to get into, you know, what I like to think of as kind of speed round, the ultimate advice for video interviewing. But maybe that's me playing a little bit too many video games. And so what I want to do is kind of put out a of video interviewing, something that's different that may not come up, at least not in the same way with live interviewing, and throw it out to our experts here so that you guys can get the best possible expert advice. And so the first thing that is still important in regular everyday live when you go into the office, but is a little bit different, is closing. And so, Kimberly, I want to start with you. Clothes that work on camera, I'd love to hear your take on that. When you're deciding what to wear for a video interview, you want to be particular with your clothing. You want to, A, consider what's the norm in the industry right now and what's acceptable, what most people are doing at the company as well as in the industry more broadly. And then choose colors, choose uh, solids over patterns because the video can play harshly with anything that's a really tight pattern and solids are just easy to look at and they're not distracting and they don't fight with anything that you have going on in your background either. I love that. I actually had a client once who prided herself. She was, she was a businesswoman, but she made her own jewelry and she was in live interviews. People would always ask, oh, I love your necklace. But on video, it was like refracting the light. It was very distracting. It was, people couldn't even tell that it was a necklace. And what worked for her live didn't work on video. So that is 100% because distraction is, of course, not the game that you want to play on video. So my next topic in lightning round is actually involves lighting. Um, Laura, I'd love to hear your take on kind of lighting and positioning and top tips that might help for that in a video interview. Well, I like to suggest people be in an environment where there's some nice warm lighting. Try to avoid any bright lights like a, a, a very light window behind you or anywhere in the screen. You can certainly have lighting coming from there, but perhaps close the blinds just simply so it's a softer light. I also like to make sure that there might be a lamp on your table 
near you as you uh, focus into the camera. Um, just so, again, part of your facial features are highlighted. It allows you to actually become who you are as a face and um, be more um, visible to the individual who's looking and listening to you. It makes their focus, just like Kimberly was talking about uh, unusual clothing or jewelry, it's the same thing. You don't want to have too many distractions. You want whoever is listening to you to be focused on you and what your content is, what you're trying to share and express. That's 100% true because it's that illusion that you are making eye contact, even though logically we know we're not looking into each other's eyes. Another thing that I like to do when I get on them is I actually elevate my computer so that the camera is at closer to eye level so that way I'm not looking up or looking down. And sometimes that just makes it a little bit easier. Kimberly, I feel like you had something to talk to about that too. Yeah, when you are trying to position your computer for a good level, one test is to put the back of your hand on your forehead, align your thumb with about the top of your forehead where your hairline might meet the forehead. And then look at the camera. Is your pinky at the top edge of where the camera focuses on, or is there a lot of space above it or no space above it? And that will help you understand if you are too close to the camera or if you are too far away, or if you're looking over the camera. None of those looks are great, and so you want the camera to be straight on, and put that hand above your forehead, and that will give you a nice frame for your, your video. That's amazing. I just adjusted my camera right this second. So, Kimberly, you're next in our lightning round, and we're going to talk about all those pesky, the dogs, the traffic, the lawnmower, the background noise. How do people manage? Do you have any insights? Well, I'll tell you that the advice has changed even in the last few months, given the changes to society with the pandemic. Because a few months ago, I might have said, you know, put your dog away in the other room, you know, ask the put a note out on your doorbell, not to let somebody ring it. But now we've become somewhat accustomed to those disturbances. So what I will say though, is try to be in a private room, try to have your back against a wall so that nobody can walk by by mistake and get into the camera view. Try to keep the dog put away if you can so that they don't bark or make other noise. Don't let the cat in because the cat walking by across, rubbing itself underneath your chin isn't a good look either. But at the same time, we're a lot more understanding when those accidents do happen and when outside environmental things happen, like the neighbor's landscaping company showing up with their lawnmowers and their leaf blowers in the middle of your interview. Uh, so again, there's a lot of understanding, but do what you can to avoid some of those situations. I once uh, had, as a recruiter, I was trying to get back to my office, and I had a phone interview. It wasn't even video. And as I was interviewing the client, someone was catcalling me on the street. And needless to say, the person who I was interviewing was very uncomfortable, as was I. I mean, I think we all were, except for the gentleman who had a lot of things to say. And all I could say was, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it back to my office in time. And while that person didn't accept the job, they did still move forward in the interview process. So even if things go completely awry, it doesn't mean that it's a deal breaker. So the last thing in our speed round, uh, Laura, I'm going to kick it to you, and it is level of enthusiasm. Sometimes people get on camera and they become, you know, they're like, I'm a YouTube star, I'm famous, I'm an influencer. And sometimes people get on camera and they're like, I look like this, and they kind of shut down. Is there a way that they should kind of manage their level of, in of enthusiasm? What do you think is a good advice? I, I like to tell people that the interview is 50% attitude. 
And when you get on that camera or even in front of people, attitude is 50% of the battle. And I mean in a good way. Um, attitude is a beautiful thing because a lot of times people have terrific uh, experience, but they may not exactly own the particular, a particular experience that might be lined out on the job description. But in your attitude, they're going to feel who you are, how you talk and how you share is going to give them the confidence that, gosh, maybe we should actually talk to this person further because they bring with them that I can do this attitude. Um, I think that's huge. Um, I think just monitoring how they speak. And if that means get, taking, getting on Skype or Zoom and practicing, if it's your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your best buddy, and actually give them a couple. You can go, for example, online and pull down a list of behavioral questions, which is oftentimes you're not going to get to the technical till the second time. Again, it's kind of my dating analogy. You're trying to get to know someone initially. So if you look up those behavioral questions, maybe choose one or two or three and get online and practice with a friend or even in the same room and have them just ask those questions. And as Kimberly suggested, practice, practice is really great because you do have that memory. You, you start to feel comfortable in your response. And even if it's just asking a couple of questions, like I mentioned earlier, why do you want to work for us? Or, or any of those other questions as far as who you are as an individual. Remember that. Remember that they're asking about who you are because they want to see if they like you enough to go on to the second or third date. I love this dating analogy. Just make sure that as you're doing this and practicing interviews with a friend, they don't think that you're asking them out on a date because they could be getting mixed signals and we're not a dating show, people. We're here for the career. Um, and that being said, I'm looking forward to our next segment. We're going to take another quick break, um, but sit tight. We have some questions for listeners that I think you guys are really going to appreciate. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Erin Rovner, and I'm joined today by practice development manager Kimberly Schneiderman and career coach Laura Rogers, and we've been talking all day about video interviews. And so this is the part of our program where we get questions, uh, they're emailed into us, and, uh, and then we respond and try and give advice to people in real time. And so our first question is something a little bit different. It's from someone who wanted to remain anonymous. They wrote to us, I noticed at the end of my last job interview that it had been recorded. I was not told about the recording and I'm concerned about it. How should I bring it up? Is there something I should do to protect myself? And so I want to turn that over to Kimberly um, and or to, I want to turn it over to Laura first. I'd love to hear your advice on what this person should do. It seems like they were recorded, didn't know what was happening. You know, what is their kind of recourse? What are their next steps? I guess I would just be honest and say, wow, I, I wasn't aware of that. Is there a waiver or something that I need to sign? And how will this be used? Um, I think it's perfectly uh, legitimate 
and they may be doing it to share with other team members or hiring managers and that's why they did it at the very least you're going to get a oh we're so sorry you know we didn't realize that we hadn't shared that with you at the outset we'll make sure that that will be a lesson learned going forward to share with people um, other than that i'm not really sure that there's any recourse other than to understand that that might happen again so you want to be prepared for it and understand that that's kind of where the course of business might be going especially with these video uh, interviews, whether they're pre-recorded or if they're uh, one-on-ones or even with a panel. That's absolutely right, Laura. Best practice is, of course, to disclose what you're doing you know, at the outset of the interview. And, uh, and most places do. Um, and let's be realistic. If they are recording, it is exactly what you said, to pass it along to other people. It's not like they're recording it so they can make their own mixtape of common interview questions and listen to it while they sleep at night. You know. These are people who are listening to this because they just want to evaluate, are you the best fit for the company? That being said, of course it's gonna feel uncomfortable. You didn't think you were being recorded and suddenly you are. That's gonna throw anyone else, anyone off, anywhere. It doesn't matter what your industry, what your level is, if it's something unexpected. And so to me, you know, I think that you wanna still proceed with this company, but you wanna be careful. You know, if, if you find that it happens again, maybe that's something where you consider that this company might be doing things in a way that doesn't make you feel comfortable. I'm always a big fan of even in video interviewing, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And if this company is doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable so much that your question was anonymous, you know, you just want to be really careful with that because maybe they are the kind of company that you wouldn't necessarily be the best fit for. So our next question is on video interviewing, but it's actually kind of beyond the point of video interviewing. Um, our second question uh, comes in from Dave in Mount Kisco, um, and he writes in, I just got a job, hey, congratulations, Dave, but I'm starting remotely, and I don't know how to meet with everyone and really show my personality. I've got a big personality, and I don't know how it comes across on video and in email, and so, Kimberly, I'm hoping maybe you can help him with some advice because this is such a good point. He's done the video interview, but now he's starting off and it's all digital. Um, do you have any insight in ways that he can kind of show people who he is when it's just kind of the screen in front of him? It's a really good question because different companies will handle onboarding in different ways. There are some companies that are going to handle onboarding in a very organized fashion. They'll have a box of technology and instructions and a manual and other materials sent to the person's house and everything will be crystal clear how to get up and get going that first day from a technology point of view. Other companies are going to be like, oh yeah, hey, we're going to send you something soon. Um, you know, so just hold on a second, maybe just use your own computer until we get you all set up, right? And so those two companies are going to have very different onboarding practices. With the very formal onboarding type of company, maybe you have one-on-one -on -one meetings set up with the different stakeholders that surround your position. And in that, I think that you can ask some questions to help you understand what the relationship between yourself and the other person is going to be. While you, you don't have to let go your entire personality at once. In fact, I would hope that you would have some authenticity from the interview process up through that onboarding and ongoing throughout your position. Uh, really show who you are from the beginning so that they know who they're hiring. Somebody that doesn't have a very formal process, create your own formal process to help you manage that onboarding successfully yourself. And so maybe you're having a one-on-one -on -one with your new manager and asking who the stakeholders are and asking for introductions and then setting up one-on-one -on -one meetings. 
with those people, even if they're 15 minute coffee chats, just to say, hi, I'm the new person, and I'm thrilled to be here. How will we be interacting? Those are really great processes. And again, bringing that authenticity about who you are, your best self, your most professional self from the interview process all the way through your entire tenure at the company is important. Yeah, I think that's such a good point and it's so relevant because even if you were on site, it's not like you'd be giving them, you know, your stand-up comedy routine on day one to show that you have a sense of humor, like you would ease people into it. And so while it might be easier to kind of connect on video, you're still going to be learning. One of the things that I've seen kind of come up as a trend is uh, there's a group of people on LinkedIn, you know, that they follow the, there's a book that I think is Never Eat Lunch Alone. And so they're setting up kind of Zoom and Skype lunches where they're saying, hey, we're being casual. We're just talking about, you know, stuff. We're eating lunch together, even though course, they're at home and, and socially distancing. And so if you feel like you will want to show your personality, but it doesn't feel right to kind of bring it up in a meeting where everyone's together, whether it's on video or whether it's through digital channels, maybe trying to find some opportunities where you can kind of say to your boss, hey, let's do a lunch or let's do something where it doesn't feel like you have to be so serious, especially as Kimberly was saying, if there's no formal onboarding process, part of your work is to learn about how do I work with this company? How do I work with my manager? How do they work and learning a lot of that is something that is a little bit different when you're not there and you don't have, you know, the banter of, you know, hey, that the, the coffee's out in the break room, like that is kind of gone. And so trying to find some of those common bonds could be something that could be really great. Um, and I think is a really good opportunity. Laura, did you have anything to add that you think might be useful for someone who's starting everything remotely and just wants to make a good impression? I actually do. And I would suggest that this is something I've always, uh, Suggested to my candidates whether they get an in-person or not um, is as you continue to work virtually, much like you would have been gathering in an office, I usually uh, learn who my team members are and then make dates, just like Kimberly had suggested, perhaps make a, an online coffee date. And I used to tell people, just interview who the people are on your team. Ask what they like to do for fun. And I actually suggest that to people in their interviews as they get closer to an offer, ask the company, what do they do for fun? Do they have a softball league? Do they build houses for Habitat for Humanity? Do they have a knockdown drag out summer party? All of those are things are perks, perks, their team building, their ways to get to know your company. Um, and a lot of times you're going to be surprised that perhaps the company doesn't do a whole lot of that. And that might necessarily fit your persona. So maybe asking those questions even before you get there is just during the conversation at the end of maybe a, an interview when they say, do you have any questions for us? I usually ask the candidate to say, so what do you guys do for fun? Uh, just to learn a little I bit love about that. the company. And I think that's very helpful and it diffuses probably some of the tension of not being able to actually be in the same room. 100%. Well, I want to thank you guys so much. That's all the time we have this week on Career Conversations. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about branding, not ad campaigns, but your personal brand. If, of course, you have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, please email us at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. Until then, I'm Erin Rovner, and I look forward to our next Career Conversation every Monday at 1230 right here on WBOX and online at WVOX.com. Stay safe and see you next week. <laughs>